Okay, so welcome everybody once again to the Heart Shape Decisions podcast. This is Graham Frost and uh, a very warm welcome. I have a special guest today. All my guests are special, but um, I have a guest today who, again, I have come across on LinkedIn in the last few months and we had a couple of conversations. And uh, my guest today is David Robson, who is the founder of a organization called Inspire EHC. And uh, he also lives in Essex, which is where I originally come from, which was one of the things that uh, made me want to talk to him, because maybe a connection with my, my youth of a very long time ago. So welcome, David. And would you like to tell us about you know, how you made the decision to start Inspire EHC and you know, what, maybe a bit about the story that led to that happening? Absolutely. Hi, Graham. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Um, how did I how did I get to Inspire EHC? Um, there's obviously a massive journey that yeah. that led to Inspire, but I mean ultimately in, in a in a nutshell. So I um, my education years were were challenging. Um, I've never been the type of person to really learn by having my heads in books or mm-hmm. someone standing in front of me just talking information to me it doesn't doesn't really engage me um so all through my education I, I i struggled i had in today's world i think if i was in education i would probably have gone to an alternative provision um wow. and for those of you who are listening don't know what that is an alternative provision is a school or people who have been taken out of mainstream for various reasons could be medical behavioral in a lot of instances a, a lack of engagement and I think that, that like I say the main reason for that was I just nothing grabbed my attention that it didn't nothing excited me in terms of how how things were being delivered the the, the topics we like the topics we, apart from PA the topics didn't grab my attention and I think we I went to school in the Middle East as a youngster came back to came back to England went into the last two or three years of, of high school and just I just didn't enjoy it and if, if I'm honest um, there was lots between leaving school and my first job in recruitment there was a number of different jobs I did from uh, qualifying as a mechanic to working on children's um, education centres, uh, outdoor learning centres, I worked on holiday parks I, I then started a cleaning company um, in my nineteen twenty, I think I was. Started a cleaning company, um, met my wife, uh, moved down to Essex and kind of came to Essex thinking, right, what should I do? And I'd, my, the cleaning company I started was in Yorkshire. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to mirror the same thing and bring it down to Essex. So I started that, had a good seven years of, of it, it was fantastic. It was a great little business, to be honest. Um, but just felt at the time I'd taken it as far as I could take it. Someone offered to buy it. So I sold it. And then I went to work for what was a customer of mine at the time. Really great family business. But again, I, th- I think I just, I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset. I've always, I've always thought there's, there's a slightly, I've always, if I, whenever I worked in a business, I've always really wanted to, change how the business was doing things but yeah. ultimately you can't you know as an employee you don't always have the 
the kind of power to be able to mm. change things. So I, I knew that I needed to start something. It was just conscious that I'd, I'd done a number of different roles and I, I didn't really want to move around too much. So I kind of thought about it a lot. I, I came across a company at the time who were an education recruitment agency. They needed someone to, they wanted someone to come and start their special education sort of desk within the business and thought, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you, it was, the reason I took the, the role was it was as close working in recruitment for a business, a, a recruitment agency. It's as close to having your own business as you can have, in my opinion, without officially being your business. The reason being is because. So I took the opportunity um, knew very little about special education alternative provision at the time if I'm honest I'd spoken to my mom who's been a teacher all her life and got a bit of information but but knew very little about it um, got into it and I think because of my because of my struggles through schools I could instantly see the need and the value for an alternative provision, a pupil referral unit, a, a special school, I could instantly see how the pupils that went to those schools can benefit so much rather than in mainstream. So instantly had an interest for it. Um, had a really, really enjoyable sort of 18 months there, I think it was. Mm. And then came across an opportunity to be part of an education startup. As as I do with a lot of things, I think we spoke about it earlier today. I got presented with an opportunity, and I was like, "I've, I've got to take this. I've got to take this again." I'm getting that little bit closer to owning my business, so yeah. someone else is going to be behind it financially, and I'm going to be able to to to, to grow it essentially how we want to grow it. So, mm. took that opportunity, learned learned so much, so much about uh, recruitment, so much about the sector, but so much about myself um, in that two years I was there I think it was just learned so much about myself um and then COVID COVID arrived last March and yeah. like a lot of people at the beginning I just thought oh, it's going to be nothing you know it's yeah. just a passing thing and that, that was it and then just a few a few things happened and if if I'm honest that kind of burning desire to create something was was just too strong to ignore if, yeah. if if i'm honest and the thought of going back and rebuilding a business for someone else i, I just lost that drive and yeah. it, it it wasn't fair to myself and my wife especially to, to to go back and to carry on so i decided to to walk out i handed my notice in and created inspire ehc which you know at the start of a, a pandemic when schools are closing starting an education recruitment agency seems pretty uh looking back seems like an absolute sort of all or nothing decision really yeah. um but it's been again i think over the last over the last 12 months the learnings and the the conversations i've had with people um have been so powerful and it sounds sounds really deep that and people like listen and think really that like, powerful and the only way i can describe it is and you might get this from the podcast as well that talking to people in a 
you know, previously when I spoke to a head teacher of an alternative provision, it was about it, it, before COVID, it would have been, oh, we're Inspire, we're a recruitment agency. Do you need staff? We can get you staff. This is what our fees are. Are you interested? That that's how that's how I was. That's how I'd have been almost told to to work. To yeah. that's how you get business. Talk about what what you can do in terms of the recruitment piece. Where we're actually all of a sudden those conversations had disappeared because there wasn't any recruiting going on it was yeah. it, it it stopped it completely stopped so the conversations i was having with with schools that i was looking to work for was completely nothing about recruitment it was about how are you how are you managing with covid how are you how are your pupils it's like how staff well-being how are the plans for the new school come on all those different conversations yeah. and straight away could could kind of see that it, I, I was learning so much, but also it's more enjoyable. Talking about recruitment is not the most exciting topic in the world, you know. It's not. It, it's it, and it's that's 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 the truth. So straight away, those conversations became so much more enjoyable. I think, and it, it just made me realise straight away that actually, this is why I wanted to do things, set up my own business. This is why I wanted to because I I, I want to. I'm a massive believer and for anyone who might listen to this in the future that comes in as an internal member of staff and inspire, I really believe that you can have, if I talk about recruitment, for an example, so you can have two recruitment consultants, completely different strengths. You know, one of them could be absolutely fantastic at just sitting on the phone all day, calling new schools, calling new candidates. The other one might be absolutely amazing at having a two-hour conversation with a head teacher and in that two hours learning every single little thing about the school the pupils the budgets the pupils needs what the parents what all all that sort of stuff now I'm not saying each neither way is right or wrong because if you both get the results then fantastic but I think from the brief time I'd spent in recruitment and this is absolutely no criticism to to anyone but I think there's such a uh, a tunnel vision mindset of it's all about lots of volume we need to get lots of volumes of candidates in we need to be lots of volumes of school client calls all that sort of stuff yeah. and actually with so much volume naturally you lose quality like yeah. you know it, it and that's whether you're in any sector any business if you're constantly trying to hit really high high output on say um, calling new clients or calling new candidates and your conversations are a minute long and you can't get that quality, I, I, I don't believe, but you, you can get the results. But in my opinion, it's not as stable. The, the foundations aren't as, are as solid. So I've really kind of adopted a, I, I, I really want anyone who comes into the, the business to be kind of, I will show my way of how I've done things and how I've made three now three desks in very non-existent environments work in the last four or five years but ultimately if someone's got their own spin and someone can you know i'm hoping that someone we first one of the first people we get in shortly is going to be absolutely amazing at social media based stuff because i'm i'm not that amazing at writing stuff or producing like documents so i really want someone to come in who's got that so actually if they can get results by doing that fantastic Mm. so that's i've probably gone gone a bit off track really but i think i I wanted to create inspire because i I wanted to be able to put my own spin on things i wanted to be able to 
um, have have the kind of to do things a little bit different to go against the, the natural grain of how a, a recruitment agency and there's loads of people who have probably ad- who have adopted a similar way of working especially over the last 12 months but you know I, I was at a school the other day and I, I, I was having a conversation with him and he's quite a local school and I don't think he'd really I sort of he didn't really know who I was really mm-hmm. to be honest but I said to, I said to him at the time like, when we first started I sent out a thing about who we are I've tried and put some stuff back on social media, but I'm, we're not going to be the recruitment agency that is going to send you 10 CVs a day. Yeah, It's, it's, it's not what I want to be doing. And, that, and that's quite, some people find that hard to understand why, but I, I want to, I want us to work in, in a partnership with the school. So once we've met a school, we've spoken to a school, we'll, we'll send them our, our candidates, but we'll send them, when people ask for them, not just throwing them at people left, yeah. right, and center. And, you know, it's, it's, it happens so much. We, I've got a couple of candidates I'm working with at the minute that they have, there's, there's agencies who are just mass mailing their CVs all across the County and it, it just mm. gets messy and it's, it's, it's lazy. But the reality is that's because someone is being so heavily judged on KPIs and how many emails are you doing each week? How many CVs are you sending out each week? And it just becomes a bit messy. And like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stand by that, that anyone coming into Inspire, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be understand. I want us to understand who we're working with, understand the pupils needs we're supporting and make it just, I, I just want it to be enjoyable. And I don't, I, in my opinion, that, sort of older style way of working is just just not very enjoyable for anyone from a mm. um a, a staff point of view or either yeah. a, a school's point of view um so that's 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 what kind of yeah yeah good so do you think that your your choice of what you're doing now which is really you're following your heart following your passion um, do you think that that is directly linked to your own experience of education and really what you want to do is create a better education for people who don't fit into the mainstream of education? I think it's an, um, I, I think that is correct. I don't think, I didn't get into um, special education recruitment because I was looking for that. I think I fell into it mm. and it, it's only, it's only been the last eight to 10 months that, in all honesty, since starting my podcast, since I've spoken to different people, you know, for being completely honest, and there's, you know, there's things that keep coming out about my kind of journey every time I talk to someone that yeah. um, in 2019, I decided I needed to stop drinking. Um, yeah. It was it was something that was becoming a, a real negative part of my life. Uh, and to kind of improve my life and improve probably how I was, as a as a father and as a husband, I decided to to stop drinking. Now, that that really was probably when I started to look at things in a different way, and then that's been absolutely magnified since starting the podcast because I've started to understand my troubles through education, my um, difficulties, if you like, that I had, and. It, it has made me realize the reason that I do enjoy the sector that I support in so much is because of that. I didn't fall into education recruitment 
specifically because I thought my journey through school wasn't very great. I want to now help other people who it's just a complete almost like it led me to it but blindly in a way and then yeah. once once I've kind of almost learned about myself um, which at 30 38 years old I've probably learned more about myself really than, than I have in a long time but a lot of that's down to focus down to not being in a complete rat race of a of, of working for someone else and then yeah. masking over things by a, a glass or a bottle of wine a night whatever that might be so I think I've really so in answer to your question, yes, I think it has led me to here, but it was almost completely coincidental. Um, but I do think it's so like that instant. And I can't, I spoke to someone on my, my podcast. I can't remember who it was, but it was almost like a, we were talking. And I don't know if you've ever had it before, like a, a bit of a light bulb moment of yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense now why I feel so passionately about supporting young people in alternative provision pupil referral units special schools or even more it, I, like the thing that I'm really passionate about is um, supporting young people in primary education who are at mm. risk of ex- at risk of exclusion I get so much satisfaction out of mm, keeping yeah. that young us if we can be a part of keeping a young person in a in a school then I think that's that's amazing and you know from a from a recruitment point of view you know if if i was in recruitment solely for financial gain i wouldn't work in education recruitment you know there's 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 sectors out there um tech uh hr legal finance all those sort of sectors you know the recruitment process is relatively universal Uh, the reason i started inspire in the middle of a at the start of a pandemic is because I, I I love the sector I love the the difference we can make and it sounds cliche and cheesy and everyone has it on their website don't they we want to be a part of a positive yeah. change part of a positive change but generally it's 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 real and I really want I think the hardest thing for us moving forward is going to be finding people who share that passion and you know whether you're a school or a recruitment agency or you own a training business whatever it might be the hardest part of building any business is is getting the right staff to build it with you um you know it's and that's probably my moving on to the next stage my next the next kind of the next bit that i think how 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 are we going to achieve the growth that we want how are we going to how are we going to find the right people and the right people that share our beliefs, our ethos, the really wanting to make a difference. Um, and that's, that's, that's the challenge. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question, but in answer to the question, yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a massive driver, but it was completely coincidental. Thank you. No, I was interested in what you said about giving up drinking because I've uh, massively reduced my alcohol uh, consumption this year and it wasn't, it wasn't planned. I just, you know, decided to uh, not, not have a drink in, in January, not because of doing dry January, because I actually don't like all these trendy, you know, ideas about doing dry January. I just thought, I'm going to see, see if I, you know, how I feel if I don't drink for a while. And I didn't drink for three months. And uh, I had a couple of bottles of beer over Easter, and, you know, that was okay. And then last weekend, I actually went to a pub and had one pint of beer. It tasted mm. absolutely delicious. But I didn't need to drink, I didn't feel the need to drink mm. another one after it. Um, and I, you know, I probably have verged on in different times of my life. I've actually verged on being dependent on alcohol. 
and I'm not anymore. And that's that, that, yeah, that's a big that's a big step to take, I suppose, because we, we almost, you know, you think to yourself, why did I, I used to drink, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I used to drink a bottle of wine nearly every night. I would buy six mm. bottles of wine a week and drink them. Because um, I would have, I would open a bottle of wine when I got home from work. And then I, I realised that, you know, what I'm actually doing to myself, this can't be good for me. Um, I think, I, you know, one of the, one of the reasons that, and I, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to kind of preach that I'm, at some point, interestingly, I've just started playing golf again with some friends of mine. I said the other day, I'm really looking forward to when we generally play in the clubhouse is still still closed, but I'm really looking forward to to having a game of golf and then maybe having a pint at the end of golf. And I'm not yeah. going to say I'm I'm not I'm not I've never stood on anything and said oh I'll never drink again, blah blah blah. I just I think the one thing for me, Graham, is I don't I don't ever want to be drunk again. Yeah that's 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 the thing for me i don't want to be the the waking up in the cloudy judgment the bad decision making that's that's the thing that yeah. that i really don't want and i think my, my personality is very much uh, i'm an all or nothing person i'm i'm mm. apps i get absorbed into a project or something i'm working on and pose an addictive personality in 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 all honesty um so i i just don't i just it's, it's a strange one we drink because it's so social so socially acceptable that absolutely nobody sees nobody wants to and myself included for a long time nobody wants to um admit that they are alcohol dependent now a lot so many people think that being dependent on alcohol is someone sitting on a park bench with a, a bottle and a brown paper bag my 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 experiences were coming in from work and grabbing a bottle of beer out before I went and said hello to my my two kids that were in the bath who were yeah. just about to go to bed I would feel the need to get a bottle of beer first and then sit on the bathroom sit in the bathroom and have a beer while they're in the bath mm. that, that's just and that was probably that that was a real thing that suddenly one day dawned on me what why, why am I doing that why am I coming home grabbing a bottle of beer before I go and see my two children who are really excited to see me is I've been been at work late, so yeah, just uh, yeah, just decided I needed to have a break, and then I didn't ever say, "Oh, I'm going to have a year off." I just kept kind of not feeling need, and then COVID probably did me a favour because I'm not one who likes to think I'm missing out on social things, so I haven't yeah. obviously missed I, I haven't missed anything socially because of COVID. Um, so yeah, it's it's and that in itself's been anyone if anyone's listening actually, and they're they kind of are going through any challenges and you 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 do drink a bit I'd, I'd really recommend having a little little break because I think the things that I used to stress myself out about I'd probably have a drink to mask over those things as soon as I stopped drinking then looked at those things that I was getting stressed out about and thought they're actually irrelevant Mm. they're not like they're not worth getting stressed out about like life's good life's great like things are going in the right direction like enjoy it don't get stressed out about that you can't control that but I think when when you're and even like a few drinks you know you it does cloud your your judgment and I think it's like a masking over things it's you can't just put a plaster on things and they don't just heal naturally you've got to address them got to face up to them and thankfully the things that were stressing me out probably weren't 
really that that important in life and you know from from a from a mindset and a mental health point of view it's been fantastic for me um stopping the 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 heavy drinking i'd love to say that it's been good for my kind of waistline and all that sort of stuff but in actual fact i think i've think i've well not in actual fact i've put weight on because i just find i'm I'm eating more rubbish to be honest but (laughs) um yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one the the drink thing like i said i don't ever want to be the person who preaches about no you should stop drinking and drinking's bad drinking's this because let's be honest having a nice cold beer on a summer's day is pretty pretty fantastic um but yeah it's it for me it was it was the right thing to do um and looking back now i'm i'm glad i recognized it at the time because um i i i I was yeah not not in a happy place for, for myself and really i i had nothing to be unhappy about you know i've got a fantastic wife two fantastic children my own home I had a good job nothing nothing was to get stressed about but for some reason I just just become become unhappy but like I say I think when you look back and really look at the things that were making you stressed out or a bit unhappy they just weren't for me they and I'm I'm, I'm grateful that they weren't anything to get stressed out about because some people do have real stresses and worries that that need a lot of fixing and oh, mine yeah. was mine was just probably what I needed to do was just stop mm. and just look at how far I'd come from. And, you know, one of the things I always talk to um, to people about, and that's something we talk about in a lot of our podcasts is the world is so focused on end results. So focused on what did someone get? Let's talk about exams in schools. What did someone get in their GCSEs, their A levels? Yeah. They're focused on that but people don't look at people uh, each other and look at where that person's come from and what they've achieved. Now I had a great childhood, great loving family home, absolutely no complaints there whatsoever, but I didn't get education. Education didn't grab me. Some of the, some things that some teachers said to me at the t- when I was in my high school in, in the UK will stick with me for forever. And actually at the time, caused a lot of damage to yeah to, to me and and made me for someone who was disengaged to education what teachers said to me a couple in particular were the worst possible way to approach it because that just pushed me away and away and away and away and made me want to made me want to prove them wrong but I couldn't I was at school how can I prove that person wrong because yeah. that they what they're delivering I don't get because it doesn't get my attention I don't learn I don't engage that way so I, I just had to sit school out it was a tried different things but th- th- there is a, a, a huge part of me that like actually when I stopped when I stopped to look at how kind of things had gone in 2019 you know I think I suddenly realized actually I've done okay I've 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 done all right and I think for quite a while I'd probably always been trying to push and push and push and almost like proving proving people wrong in a way and actually why 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 should I why, why should anyone feel the need to prove to anyone anything because actually we've all got everyone's got talents everyone's Mm. capable of achieving great things but 
some people might achieve things by doing really well at school, university, then getting a job. Other people might do really well at dropping out of school at 14, creating a business that employs 10,000 people, retires at 45 or whatever. Some people might create a business that's themselves for the rest of their lives and be happy. You know, what, what does it matter? It's, it's all about for me, like unlocking everyone's potential. It's about looking at, way looking at how far you've come individually and not comparing yourself to everyone else not not mm-hmm. trying to be in, i know we've we've spoken um previously about not trying to go down a path that you're being pushed down like yeah you know I, my my parents didn't try and push me down any path they let me do try my hand at pretty much anything from an employment point of view but yeah. at school I, I just felt that everyone was getting pushed down this same funnel, the same, the same small little hole. And it was a fight to get through this hole. And I just, I just, I I wasn't going to fit through that hole, but I also, how my personality has always been, if I don't enjoy something, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And sometimes that's negative. I know. I think think that's a really good, um, a really good point. If I don't enjoy something, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm gonna. I might have to do it. So you know, I I didn't enjoy lots of the things that went on in my in my childhood, and you know, and and, uh, and eventually I just got to the point where I thought, you know, I'm being pushed in the wrong direction. You know, I've got to escape. Um, and I think that is, you know, do do we actually do that to young people even now today? Still, here we are in the 21st century. You would have think we would have le- learned something. You think we would have learned something, um, but we're still in my opinion, pushing young people into that funnel where, you know, anybody who doesn't fit into that funnel, what happens to them? I, I, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, there's all the, what, what I, what I really enjoy now is talking to amazing head teachers, amazing teachers, amazing TAs that, um, want to work with those young the types of young people who like like I was at school they want to find out they want to unlock the potential in those young people and there is some amazing um amazing schools mainstream including but there's some amazing schools doing some amazing things to really unlock what what young people's talents and I think you know there's been so much talk on social media around um a a reform in education and bringing education up to like today's today's living and I'm not a a qualified teacher or or in really in in any position to to kind of really push for things too much but from the amount of people I talk to in different roles from TAs head teachers teachers um, parents friends young people whatever it whatever it might be I do think that if ever there's been a time to just look at how things are being delivered to the young people today, like it's a golden opportunity. You know, we've, we've just had 12 months of absolute turmoil for, for young people, for parents, carers, and an actual fact, you know, one of the interesting things is when I talk to quite a few people is some of the young people who um, we've supported and are, in say for example an alternative provisional pupil referral unit you know 
a lot of those young people have been through things in life that are, are traumatic. They've been mm-hmm. through things that would make a lot of adults crumble in, yeah. in all honesty. So COVID, COVID has been like a really unpleasant time for a lot of people. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that everyone's come through COVID happily because they haven't. But also there are a number of young people who have been through real challenges in life that, that COVID hasn't really been too much of a you know it's just another bump in their road whereas some of the young people who have had what you see maybe as a perfect sort of upbringing so far covid has really really um opened up some of that the the vulnerabilities in in that group group of people so i think that the gaps in vulnerable people have opened up massively from talking to different people i think it's it's made all of us really look at things in a different way but um some of the more some of the young people who have been through real challenges in life i think are are, are kind of very adaptable and very um almost prepared because they're used to bumpy roads like they're they're used to the up and downs and um but yeah it's um it's, it's it's been a journey, I'll say to, to say the least, the last twelve months. But Absolutely. like 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 it has for for everyone, you know. I think I'm just firstly grateful that no one around me has has been affected medically or from from COVID, and I yeah. kind of I'm I'm thankful for that. But I think mm-hmm. I also think moving forward that we're in a great position to go back to a way of life but leaving the stuff behind that made so many people unhappy like if i if i put myself into to the mix you know i i i said i think i said to myself january february time when schools closed that i do not want to go back to sitting in my office five days a week for as long as possible chasing i I don't want to do it it's it's not enjoyable like it doesn't have to be that way and obviously schools opened back up and I went straight I for a brief period of time I flipped straight back into that way of working and then um I said to myself just before Easter I, I, you, you're doing exactly what you told yourself not to do you're yeah. s- slipping straight back into that rat race lifestyle so yeah. you know I don't it's yeah I'm 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 really I really want to push for like without trying to kind of sound like I'm selling inspire here I want to push for a real kind of like sense of autonomy for anyone who comes into the business you know anyone who's coming into i want people to work in a way that brings out the best in them not how not how i say oh you've got to be in the office this time you've got to do this you've got to do that i will show people what i think works how i've done it but ultimately i want people to work in the best way for them and and you know as how many adults probably sitting in a in a workplace or sitting there at the minute thinking i just wish i could do things slightly differently oh, God, in, yeah. in 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 my way but why, why are we so against that I've, why, I've been you know i've been that adult you know in my in during my career i have been very fortunate to have you know when i was employed you know i had i had one company that i worked for where i was very much given autonomy on what i did and you know i i, I flourished as a result of that mm. And then a little bit later on in my career, I found myself in a job where I wasn't allowed to do things my way. And uh, eventually I found myself having to leave that, that position mm-hmm. because 
you know, I was just being pushed down. And with my background, I don't particularly, uh, I don't particularly react very well to being pushed down. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, so yes, but, but, you know, it is. I think that is a great ambition to have is to actually help, you know, to help have look to employ people who you can actually work to get the best out of and, and get the best out of them in the way that they need that to happen. And I think was it um was it Steve was it Steve Jobs who said I can't remember the exact word they used, but it was something along the lines of um they don't Im- they don't employ people. I can't remember exactly my mind's lost now, but it's something along the lines of they didn't employ people who could do things that they could do. They employed people who could do things that they couldn't do. Yeah, because, like, and, and you know, I think so many if we all try if in this going back to the same thing with schooling you know if we're all trying to be cloned into the same same thing it's, it's not going to work because everyone's so different and Absolutely. that should be exactly you know i see so much stuff on online about how um schools are fitting um square squares into round holes and all that sort of stuff mm. but it's the same it's the same in businesses it's the same yeah. in it's the same in workplaces everyone not everyone's so I'll, I'll take that one back that's that's not true but so many people are are being forced to working in a way that is how you're supposed to work in, in yeah. brackets and yeah. like I, I can't help but feel that there's so much potential sitting in so many different places that is just almost like a trapped in a bottle that's just what just needs breaking out Absolutely. and just um so yeah I, I I'm massively massively want i hope to be able to find people who who share that and uh, and they're excited by that well i'm very conscious of time now so i think um you know how, so how, how do, what's the best way of getting in touch with you if people you know people want to either come and work with you or they want to talk to you about something or how's the best what's the best way to contact you david uh so can people can either uh, connect on um LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I, tr- I try to put quite a bit of stuff on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter, but really, if I'm honest, I'm probably a bit behind the times on Twitter. Um, our, all our contact details are on our website, which is www.inspirehc.co.uk. Um, like I said, I'm I'm always I'm always up for having a conversation with 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 most people. I think I've probably spoken to you about this before, Graham. I think that at times I have to tell myself, look, you need to concentrate on work and stop just talking to people. But I think it's like the power of communication is just just brilliant. And I think um like connecting with yourself, for example, we we've obviously had had lengthy conversations and it's 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 great because you just learn so much from other people, don't you? And I think um, anyone who's up for a chat, whether it's about uh, any type of alternative education whether it's you've got an interest in working in recruitment or you're looking for work in special education please get in touch I'd, I'd be keen to help and I'll also be quite honest if it's something I can't help with which you know the power of saying no is also something that I've found to be quite refreshing over the last few months in particular you know um so yeah it's been been really good talking to Graham I'm well, conscious David, that yeah Thank you so much for being a guest on the Heart Shaped Decisions podcast. I think you are actually doing something that comes from the heart, which has made you an ideal guest. And um, thank you so much for the, for, for the moment. And uh, yeah, I look, I look forward to um, speaking.